Stand on the box, stomp your feet, start clapping. Got a real good feeling, something bad about to happen. Welcome, Pewter Report readers and listeners and viewers, to another edition of the Pewter Report Podcast. Energized by Celsius, I am John Ledyard from PewterReport.com. Along with me today, the one and only Scott Reynolds, also of PewterReport.com. And despite our jovial tune, it was not a uh, great night for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They lost by a lot. I don't even. What was it? Thirty-four to three. Thirty-four to three. Yeah. I don't think. Uh, I don't think they crossed the thirty-yard line tonight, Scott. Uh, Titans territory. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that'll happen when your starters don't play. That's the kind of stuff that'll happen when you drop the football. And yeah, it was a pretty all-around ugly night for the Bucks on offense and on defense. It wasn't great either. Maybe later in the game got worse, but still good things for to take away from this matchup that I'm excited to talk about. But. I'm sure we're going to start with the ugly as we usually do. We got to get things off. Right yeah, now. I mean, I'm going to channel my inner Bruce Arians here and say that was a complete shit show. I mean, that was <laughs> awful. Thirty-four to three. It was just uh, just an, a, a terrible night of football in general, and not just for the Buccaneers. It was also a horrible night for the referees. I mean, for the officials to call the Tanner Hudson uh, fumble to me, it looked like he caught the ball, made a football move was was being tackled and the ball was jarred loose when he hit the ground i i agree with bruce arians i don't think that was a scoop and score for the titans but that's that's not the way the refs looked at it i think you've seen poor officiating now for the second week in a row but john we've also seen a lot of things for the second week in a row we've seen really crappy quarterback play We've seen a terrible running game from the Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. We've seen god awful special teams coverage, yep. and uh, and we've seen a, a ton of of missed tackles. And uh, thankfully, yeah. most of the players that played tonight won't be on this team. That's true. Good point. And we'll talk a lot about that tonight. And we'll talk about what's important and what isn't important because not all the failures tonight are important. They just don't. most of the failures tonight are not important. Yes. We'll talk about ones that should be concerning you and what shouldn't be concerning you. And yes. not only that, what to get really excited about. Because to me, even though the, uh, the scoreboard was terrible and some execution things were terrible, and we will talk about that. I'm excited for September 9th, John. Hit yes. the fast forward button. That's what I'm excited about. Me too. Season opener exci- with yeah. competent starters, with the defending Super Bowl championship football team. Uh, in a better roster than than this team showed tonight. That's what I'm excited for. Yeah, me too. And I'm excited for next preseason game as well, Scott, because we know the starters will play a good bit in that one. Yep. And I think it's very important that they look much better than the team has looked <laughs> over the last two preseason games. We'll I'd discuss like to see that a running too. game, John. Yeah. Give me I'd a like running see, game. I'd like to see that too. And if the running game, maybe if they inhaled a few Celsius before the game, they would have been better off, Scott, because you've got your Celsius. It's powering you through this evening. Yes, I'm going to try is. and bring one into the stadium from now on because to. I'm going to need one. I feel good actually right now, but Celsius always helps me. It helps me. It uh, powers active lives every day with essential functional energy. The tropical vibe is the newest flavor. It is a terrific flavor. Uh, it is uh, Celsius for all of us has really changed the game, uh, giving us the energy that we need without the drop off. No sugar. It's healthy stuff. It's great for you. It accelerates your metabolism. It burns body fat. It's great for an exercising uh, fit lifestyle, uh, which is something Scott and I aspire to. Um, and John yeah, it's been very, very helpful for us. 
<laughs> John and I, for sure. I don't know uh, about that. But... I, I will say this. Today, I went on Amazon. I clicked on, on the Peter Report banners. I went to Amazon, and, and I ordered uh, a case of the orange, which is my favorite flavor, and a case of, of the watermelon, which is uh, Ashley, Mrs. Reynolds, uh, Mrs. Peter Reports, her favorite flavor. And uh, I, I did the subscribe and save. I saved 5% on the, on the order, and I'm going to have that shipped to me every single month. So that's a great way to save a little bit of money uh, on your Celsius is to buy it in bulk on Amazon and have it to ship to you with the subscribe and save. Absolutely. So make sure you go to Celsius.com, check out those things, do the Amazon thing, get the subscribe and save. Just did that myself for a buddy of mine. It's great stuff. Uh, Celsius is the way to go, man. It's going to change the game for y'all. Already got people. Number one, feet, Peach Vibe. Peach Vibe, very popular. Peach Vibe is very choice. good. That's great the top choice. five for me. Yeah, Great choice. You know what else is the top five for me? Well, actually, you know, let's start with the bottom five. Should, should we go negative first? I don't know. I don't want to go right to positive after a game like that. But, like, let's start negative. Yeah, okay. It's things we should actually be concerned about from this game. Dropping the football. I'm not going to go on and on and on about it because right. I've already gone on and on and on about it. I've written about it. I've talked about it. I've podcasted about it. I've tweeted about it. It's just ridiculous, Scott. Like yeah. you catch the freaking football, like especially OJ Howard. That was yeah. disappointing. Okay. And it's not, yeah. And it was tonight. It was bad because it was him twice, and uh, he blew protection. And he wasn't good in the run game, and he just had it. There's no way to cut it. I've been an OJ Howard. I've been trying to maintain the hope for him. He was horrible tonight. Horrible. Yes. And so, I mean, yeah, it's got a lot of rust to shake off. Bruce Arians is dead right about that. We can, it can also be frustrating, the fact that he doesn't look better than, he, than he's looked, and it's going to yes. take some time for him. I think Cam Brate should get opportunities to play over him until he's ready. No doubt. And, and you know, I thought it was really interesting because I, I was curious if Bruce Arians was going to come out and rip OJ tonight, uh, but he did the exact opposite. I think he kind of shrugged off the night. Well, he, you know, he, he rebounded, he caught those three balls, but those were three easy catches. Those were underneath catches to make. Right. Um, he, he Every – receiver running back tight end should make the catches he made but the ones that he dropped those were the first round draft pick type of catches that you have to make those are the type of of catches you have to make when the team picks up your fifth year option when you want a big contract extension not a one-year two million dollar deal which honestly he might get if he, if he didn't start catching the ball and blocking better yeah. um those are the catches you have to make but i thought it was interesting that bruce arians came out john Really, with the kid gloves, I think it was to keep OJ's confidence up. But honestly, I don't know how confident that he is. We've seen him drop a ton of passes in, in training camp. He really is struggling, I think, with the mental aspect of the game right now. Coming back mm -hmm. from that injury, you even saw one time in in uh, in a run blocking play where he didn't hold up well at, the, at the, the point of attack. He got pushed back a little bit, and he kind of like hopped on his foot to kind of protect that that Achilles. Uh, I mm -hmm. think. And I'm not sure if it's still bothering him or if it's just kind of a phantom thing now that's in his head, but he is not playing well. And and I'm with you. Uh, in my opinion, Cam Braid is the clear number two tight end on this team. OJ Howard, um, he still has uh, a way, ways to go. And um, he's not in any danger of not making the team, John, but what he's right. in danger of is not putting up a lot of production this year unless things turn around quickly for him because we buried on the depth chart and then he's not going to be re-signed by Tampa Bay. Yeah. I mean, we're getting so far ahead of ourselves, even to talk about drops being an issue for him in the regular season. You know, I, I'm not saying that they will or won't be. I know that in the past it's happened. It hasn't necessarily been the biggest issue for him, but it still you know could be an issue. And so 
we'll see with him. I think tonight was just bad, and you would like to see better from a guy coming back from injury. We'll see how that progresses with him, obviously, but it's been a very uninspiring offseason so far. And yeah, uh, yeah, I think Cam Cam Brate is obviously as reliable and he's what he is. And the thing is, if OJ Howard's not going to give you something as a blocker, then then why you know then why right. bother with with the, all the other weapons that you have? It's not like you can't get explosive play somewhere else. And so sure. you just have to make sure that you are getting completions when you target that position and break and give you that maybe more shortly than OJ Howard. So it'll be a discussion we need to have as we continue to see how he'll play a lot in the third preseason game, played a lot tonight, played like yeah. the whole first half. They're trying to get him back in the, in the mode of playing. Sure. Uh, he did catch the ball better later in the game and, you know, he turned up field and fought for some extra yardage. Yeah. And again, I know I see people saying he's apathetic and he's uninterested. It's easy go to with OJ Howard because he's not like a crazy fiery guy, mm. but I just, I don't I like, like go OJ. there at all. I'm rooting like, for OJ. Yeah, but I don't. I'm gonna call it like I see it. Yeah, right. It's apathy is a totally different story than not playing well. <laughs> like, I just want to be clear on that where we stand on that. Yep. Um, so anyway, OJ Howard. The other thing that doesn't concern me, Scott, is the play of Ryan Griffin and Cal Trask. If Ryan Griffin <laughs> and Cal Trask have to play this season, the Bucks are absolutely screwed. Like oh, yeah. before they play the game, they're screwed. Yeah. So I mean, like the fact that both of them are horrible right now. Yeah, that does, like that's not a big deal to me. I know right. that it's it's ugly when you watch a game, and that's three quarters of the game, and I get it. Here's the thing: Bruce Arians' offense is not easy for the for quarterbacks. It's not. Right. So other quarterbacks around the league that are QB threes, yeah, there's all kinds of design gimmicky throws and easy completions. And I said this all last year when Brady was going through what he was going through, whatever you want to call it, in the middle of the season. It's just a very hard offense for a quarterback. Yes, it makes what Brady did that much more impressive. Also, it's going to make bad quarterbacks look horrible most of the time. I right. mean, look at the guys that Bruce Arians has had as his quarterbacks where he's been. It's a ballers-only club. That's what it is. Like yeah. You don't have guys coming off the bench balling in this system. It's taking Gabbard a while to get to the point where he played well, and he played well tonight, by the way. Scott, I know you want yeah. to talk about that, and I give him credit for that because the offense is that way. You know, And I know it was only three drives, but he's three for six, and all three incompletions were drops. And not only that, I thought they were pretty – Solid, they're really well placed throws, and a couple of them were tough. The one to Darden was low and away, exactly where it should be. Uh, the lofted one to OJ Howard I, uh, came out of his hand all weird, but yeah. it kind of dropped right in there. It was a nice catchable ball, and then right. the last one Howard dropped was just right down the seam, open, wide open, but it was perfectly right. placed, right in stride, no adjustment needed. Then he dropped it anyway. So, hats off to Blaine Gabbert for sure. But Ryan Griffin, Kyle Trask look horrible. I'm not concerned yeah. about it. But if the Bucks get to a QB three, they ain't winning. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. I mean, you can have all the weapons in the world, but um, you know, I, I mean, mean long term, should we be yeah. concerned about Cal Trask? I'm not ready to say that yet. No, no, but yeah. I'm talking about right now. Right. He's bad, and it doesn't matter. <laughs> Correct. Well, yes, and in, 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 to be fair to Kyle Trask, and, and this is this is different from other Buccaneer quarterbacks that that have been draft picks, right? Even Mike Lennon. When he was drafted in 2013, he was the backup quarterback to Josh Freeman. So he was getting the number two reps all the way through camp and everything. Yeah. And in the preseason. And you got to remember that because Kyle Traskas has not gotten the number two reps. There's been there's been practices. I mean, the first Titans practice, he didn't even throw the ball, right? On mm-hmm. Wednesday's practice. He he didn't even see any reps. And he has just not gotten the reps because the third string reps have really gone to Ryan Griffin. So the the plan is not to play Kyle Trask this year. It just isn't. And so no, no, as, a, right. as a result, he hasn't even gotten the work. So he's not going to look good in these games. 
And honestly, he's looked better in some of these games than he has in practice. Yeah, I like the fact he's taking shots yeah. down the field, you know. I mean, I mean, yeah, he's the, definitely not afraid to do that. No question correct. about the, that. The 26 yard yard pass to Tanner Hudson, where he allegedly fumbled. I mean, that was a hell of a throw. It was a nice, yeah, seam shot, and yep. And and we we haven't really seen that much in practice because he just yeah. hasn't gotten a lot of reps. But uh, the whole thing is in progress. Just, the whole thing is so fast for him right now. And yeah. Again, like I know people want to hear about Trask, so we'll talk about him. Yeah. But at the end of the day, if Trask plays this year, season's over. Like yeah. that's just that's just what <laughs> yes. it is. Like I know people don't want to hear that, but yeah. I mean, honestly, you know, I could I say this. I honestly don't think because of how much off uh, this offense puts on the quarterback position. Even if Blaine Gabbard played, I don't think the Bucs would win more than six games. Like, I really don't. I know. Oh, that come on now. You, I, come sorry. on I now, have, John. I should have said that. He played well tonight. I apologize. That's my bad. Listen, we got to change the topic. He's got, he's got the, he's the best rated quarterback in the preseason for the Bucs right now, even hey, with Tom Brady. So, he, hey, he played well tonight uh, for sure. I give him credit. His team absolutely fell on their faces, did not uh, stand yeah. up for him at all. The Bucs starting game slowly. Yeah is another concern I have. It's big that they come out in that third preseason game and do not start slow. They don't I get agree. into that crap that bothered you last year. Yes. And um, what, what concerns me about the running game is is not the fact that, that, that the starters have only really played six snaps. Mm-hmm. It's just that the run scheme is so predictable. And, John, mm-hmm. you've kind of beaten this, you know, uh, beaten this drum for a long time now, and I'm going to continue Gosh. to beat it. It's it's not even the personnel that's in there. And by the way, Keyshawn Vaughn, I know he has doesn't have much room to run. Nine carries, I, eighteen yards. That's not good, Scott. Do not see what the hype is all about. A five yard run is the long. Okay, now here's the thing. Like everywhere, everyone, including Bruce Aarons, is raving about the twenty-two or twenty-five or thirty-five mile per hour run he had down there on as a gunner. Okay, that's one play. And he didn't even make the tackle as a gunner. I mean, he made the play, but he didn't make the tackle. But I want to see the guy, like if he's supposedly that fast, he should be averaging more than 13 yards per kickoff return. He should be averaging more than two yards per rush attempt. Those and I just don't see are, it. Those mile per hour things are so useless. Like yeah, I don't know how or why they are, but they just aren't yeah. like – what do they it's, tell? They don't do it's anything. It's the new gimmick, John. It's the new like uh, stat nerd gimmick. That, I just never see it like actually matter. Oh, he hit this on right. this play. Well, great, but like he's not fast. I don't know what right. to say. Like I'm, I don't know what to say. I'm not saying the number thing is wrong. I just right. he's just not fast. I know. He it. sure is so not hitting 22 miles per hour on any oh, run, catch, oh. or kick return that I've seen. So it and, doesn't matter. And it's not all him. You're right. Like the yeah. run scheme is is predictable. It is what it is. They tried yeah. some different things tonight. I mean, it it nothing was hitting. It was bad. It was ugly. It was horrible. It's a backup O line. It's guys playing different positions too. Yeah. I mean, you've got uh, Nick Lever playing center. He barely even played center in practice. Uh, he, I know. God. I mean, that, like <laughs> poor Nick Leverett. Right. He's played left tackle. He's played center. Like put and, the yeah. mid guard for God's and, sake. And and that that should be mentioned too, Scott. Every single snap tonight uh, on offense was it started poorly from the start because every single time Leverett got the snap back slow like if it was a yes. regular under center exchange you notice like it was a half beat off like Gabbert right. fell because he was already trying to get out of there and he had to wait yeah. and hold on to the ball and that was just all night that was the timing just was bad all night right. so like even the shotgun snaps which were simpler form probably than the quarterback center exchanges but they were all like lobbed right yeah. so it was an extra half second and that's yes. everything of football so sure 
it was all bad from the start. No question. Offensively, and, and how much can we glean from it? I don't know. Nick Leverett is he is the emergency center, and you saw the emergency tonight. Okay, it, it's right. You know, um, Robert Hainsey is the backup center. He's out. The third center is John Mulchon. He's out. Okay, so this but is Al Stanley was the third center. He's yeah, gone. that's true. That's but correct. He's yeah, he's gone. So that you're talking about the fifth string center now. Yeah. Fifth string in Nick Leverett, and I, I give the kid an A for effort because yeah, for sure. I mean, know. he didn't. He only flubbed one snap. I think. I mean, completely yeah. all night. I mean, so, I mean, yeah. I mean it was not an A for execution, but an A for effort. Right. Um, another Josh guy. Josh Wells. Can we talk? Are you going to talk about him? Hold on. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I, just because I've been a known Cyro Grayson hater, oh. I, I've, I've got to come clean. Cyro Grayson. I agree with 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 Ty T. He had the best game I've ever seen from Cyro Grayson. Bar. Low bar, but yeah, he, well, he made the best catch I've ever seen him make on that combat catch down the sideline. You saw the group chat uh, text. Yeah, you said what? Wow, it it. Could not believe it. He did come back and like drop the post route later. Uh, it was a good. Well, it was a good throw by Travis. Trout's, Trout's best throw of the game, I thought, yeah, was that. He's sour down racing, though. He's not going to yeah. catch everything. Right. It was good defense too, but yeah, Searle yeah. played okay, and and Bruce shouted him out after the game. Practice squad shot. Um, man. Josh Wells played well. Like he yes. played really well. Um, and and here's why I don't I freak out about the result of this game. Who are the players you most wanted to see well play well on offense? OJ Gabbert. Okay, <laughs> good point. You're right. You're right. I'm you're right. See OJ play well. right. OJ Howard. You're right. Did not yes. play well. Failure right. there. Blaine Gabbert played well. Josh yep. Wells. Right. He's your top yes, offensive line did. backup. He's, your, he he's why. your third tackle. You always want your third tackle to be your best backup. Yep. Played great. Played great all night. Um, Aaron Stinney played fine. You know, a couple times got pushed back. That's always yeah. going to be the case with him. He's a small yeah. guard. Alex Kaplan did not play well. Yeah, I mean, it's a small sample size. I think Brian Griffin was talking about that sack after in, uh, the game, and he was saying it was on the running back. So I have to go check what he's saying. And, and it, it might have been. It certainly might have been a, a blown protection by the back. All I know is, yeah, I is know Alex Kappa had his back. He was looking at the quarterback. He had yeah. his back turned to the defense, which is never a good thing as an offensive lineman. The linebacker yeah. ran right by him, right up the middle, and sacked him. So I think that it, part of it's playing with people that he hasn't played with, right? And so there was some miscommunication oh, yeah. on a blitz in a yeah. game or whatever. It, it's but, a chemistry issue up front. There's no doubt about it. It's it's right. not five guys playing. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's, it's which will fast. happen. Which it's will not happen. Five on this. Fast, right, so, yeah. right. But Gabbert. Tyler Johnson, Josh Wells, Aaron Stinney, those Tanner were all Hudson. guys on offense, right? And even Tanner Hudson. Like, yeah. he, you know, the fumble was not a fumble in my opinion. I agree right. with you. You know, and it, it was fine. But, like, those guys are who you really wanted to see would play well tonight, right? And and yeah. they, they played well. And then after that, everybody else played pretty bad. Like, I would like to see Darden play better. Yeah. He dropped the ball. He fumbled the punt. I don't know if he was down or not. But he doesn't look really great on returns yet. But the blocking's so bad. Who the heck can yeah. tell? I have no idea. But um, But overall, offensively, those are the guys, right? Those are the backups right. that matter this year, right? And, and John, you <laughs> mentioned Tyler Johnson. I want to stop on him for a second because this is a guy who was in the doghouse coming into training camp, so much so the Bruce Arians publicly called him out twice to the media. Okay. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's legit. Yeah. For his kudos, kudos to Tyler sure. Johnson for losing the weight, getting in shape, and not just losing the weight, getting in shape, but literally catching almost everything thrown his way, mm. sometimes in dramatic fashion. This guy, in my opinion, is picking up where he left off last year from that New Orleans game, making that tremendous catch. And I think he is going to be wide receiver five over Jalen Darden because he's just mm-hmm. a more consistent yeah. guy. He can do more in the slot and help win the running game and all of that. 
Mm-hmm. So in my opinion right now, Jalen Darden has been uh, uh, he's fizzled out from, you know, from the hype, I think, um, and has not made the most of his opportunities. And I, th- I think that Jaden Mickens yeah. is still the best return guy in this team. No question. Totally agree with you. Completely agree with you. I don't know what they're going to do there. We we still need to see more than Darden in that regard. It's not like Darden's yeah. been bad. He had a good return tonight that was wiped right. out by a hold that I didn't think if influenced the return. Yeah. So I mean, he he has potential for sure. I, I you know, but there's something about the reliability of what Jaden Mickens brought to the table. Such a smart guy on special teams. Right. It doesn't make mistakes. I really value that. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, and you even saw Darden tonight, right? He tried to do a little too much, fumbled the ball. That could have been disastrous on a, on his second button return. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, I, yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, again, I'm still really excited about Jalen Darden, but you're right. Right now, Tyler Johnson has gotten back to where he was. That's encouraging. That doesn't always happen when guys come to camp out of shape. It can be downhill fast from there. And so kudos to him for getting it together, and he looks like, I do. I think he'll split wide receiver four reps with Scotty Miller, honestly. And right now, Arians doesn't seem to care if they play on special teams, really. So they're not gonna probably. Um, yeah. So yeah, we and they could. Bucks time twelve says, uh, who do we cut to keep seven receivers? Probably your fourth tight end. Um, that's a, that's a possibility. Um, we'll talk about defense in a second, but uh, there's a couple different options. Uh, Bucks time twelve that that could get you there, but I think most yeah. of them are involved the tight end uh, for sure. Okay, so sc- offensively, Scott, you know, we kind of addressed. I really think the players that needed to play well were the bright spots for the most part. Right. Tonight, other than maybe OJ Howard and Jalen Darden. Yeah. And, you know, guys he wanted to play well, like Cal Trask. Okay. Well, he didn't, but you know, he don't need him to play well this season. So right. I think that there's something that can be taken away from that offensively as encouragement. Most of the reason why you're frustrated and pissed off right now as a Bucks fan doesn't have to do with guys that will play in 2021. That's true. Let's flip to defense. Let's we saw it, some really good things from the defense tonight, I think. I mean, the yes. game, I know the score doesn't indicate that, but defensive right. touchdown, bunch of short fields, yeah, ugly all around in some ways in that regard. How about that but, guy right there? Dude, I, I'm, I'm taking the L right now, Scott. I never do this in preseason. I never do it. He, he is going to be way better than my grade on him. He just is. And I know I was valuing 2019 – Tape and I get it. It was. I'm if not, you're listening to I'm the audio, a pass. if you're listening to the audio version, we're talking about it. Joe. Joe Tryon. Drive Tryon Shoyinka. Shoyinka. Yes, that's how um, he's being known as now. Right. I uh, man, I I think he. I mean, he clearly spent the whole period of time where he wasn't playing football, the opt out year. Yeah. Just growing as a pass rusher. First, no step, doubt. No hands, doubt. timing. It's unbelievable. I mean, yeah. most guys can't miss football like that and grow i don't think maybe they right. can that's and maybe we're about to find out point, John. that's a fantastic point because he's he gonna not, change guys the way that they does, come out he does not look at all like the guy that was lined up in 2019 in a washington huskies uniform he just doesn't he looks oh so polished now i mean i saw a a dip and rip i saw a long arm i saw a bull rush um i'm waiting for the the push and pull i mean this guy has got uh, an arsenal of moves, and um, you know you can tell he is soaking up the knowledge, not just from Larry Foote, the outside linebackers coach, but from Jason Pierre-Paul, from Shaq Barrett. I mean, this guy is getting schooled, and he is a willing pupil. This guy is taking notes. Mm-hmm. He is studying. He is doing everything because he is going to be a factor and a force on third downs this year. What you're saying uh, is, yeah. it, it Bucks practice you're, is you're seeing Tryon come in on third downs or nickel rush situations. Right. 
They kicked Jason Pierre-Paul inside. And Pierre-Paul's a dangerous inside rusher against guards that just can't keep up with the speed. So um, this this nickel rush package with Shaq Barrett on one side, Joe Tryon on the other, um, and then uh, Jason Pierre-Paul inside right. with either Vita Vea or Indomitka Sue. I mean, it's it's a it's gonna be a potent nickel rush package. Listen, dude, I'm I'm just being honest with you. You know me. I don't I t- I wait. I don't take L's early. I don't take W's early either on on prospect prospects and players. I just wish that he played in college football so I could have seen like this is just a different dude. And the yeah. fact that he jumped this quickly and yeah. the fact that from last week to this week his run defense was so much better the way he played leverages was way better he was way more active and recognizing things finding the ball getting to the ball he had three tackles outside of a sack i mean i just thought he played really really well but it's not even the results it's just like looking at him like it doesn't edge rusher is easy right like if you can explode and you can bend and you can move like and you're physical you're gonna win like you're gonna win and like that's right. it it doesn't well, matter you could be a horrible run defender your whole career yeah. and it doesn't it's, matter it's like, just like, like like nate pitt says i mean he plowed through dylan radins the second round pick of the titans just put Listen. him on his, on his ass and and yeah. to me that's that's what's exciting is not just the speed but the speed to power it's not just the bend but it's the strength to go along with it too and this kid is just getting started i mean yeah. um, it's going to be exciting to see what he can do right and I've kind of been thinking five or six sacks for this kid this year as a, a designated pass rusher in that yeah. DPR role. Listen, man, the sky's the limit. I wouldn't be shocked. Now, I'm not predicting it's going to happen. I wouldn't be shocked, though, if he ends up leading the team in sacks. And the reason why I say that is because Mark Anderson out of Alabama was, a, uh, I think, a, a day three pick for the Bears. Now, he never really amounted to anything. He was just a DPR. But as a rookie, I think he had 12 and a half sacks. So sometimes right. you have that kind of anomaly – type of, of situation and you know listen teams are going to be focusing still on Shaq Barrett and mm-hmm. Jason Pierre-Paul because they are the known pass rushers they're the guys that that have, have made the mark in the NFL and Tryon's going to sneak up on people he just is you know Scott uh when I was watching Tryon Shoinka play tonight I was just kind of typing on on Twitter and I again I try not to jump to conclusions anybody who's followed me for any length of time knows I take it easy but when a guy moves and bends like that at full speed, every snap consistently, yeah. doesn't matter who. I mean, Radams couldn't even block him. And, and during halftime, right before halftime, uh, before after the Titans kicked that field goal, Teron mm-hmm. Davenport from ESPN comes over to me in the press box and he leans down and he says, it's a pretty good first half, but the Titans are going to have to figure out how the heck to block number nine because that guy is <laughs> yeah. unbelievable. I was yeah. like, buddy, like you're seeing, and he liked him coming out and I knew Teron and I talked about him and, Right. My goodness, man. I mean, he he looks like a real player, not just a good player, but right. it could be a special type of ceiling for him. And I told you this right away about Tristan Wirfs, too. He's the other one, and I, I hesitate yeah. to put somebody on that level, but I remember texting you after the first game I saw Tristan Wirfs play against Cam Jordan. I was like, I don't think Tristan no Wirfs will be good. I think he's going to be special, Scott. Yeah. So it looks that way for both those yeah. guys some I mean, more. So we'll see. And but here's the thing, John. They got him at number 32. Yeah, right. that's that's ridiculous. That's yeah. yeah. I mean, that's huge. Okay, and Pat O'Connor. And and by yeah. the way, I mean, we also had him at number thirty-two in our Bucks yes. mock draft oh, on Peter right. Report. Oh. So oh. our Peter Report uh, loyal draft Knicks out there, the, the people that read us around draft time, we're not surprised. Yeah, almost like we know stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like you know, we had him in the mock draft. We had him as a Bucks best bed, and, mm. and he's really good. So mm. imagine that. Yeah. 
Um, Pat O'Connor, man, <laughs> what a Pat performance! O'Connor, like we say all this about Joe Tryon, and obviously yeah. his ceiling is light years beyond Pat O'Connor. But was Pat O'Connor was probably the best player in this game tonight. Yeah, like what yeah, he was, he was, he a couple he tackles was for loss and a sack, absolute so, handful. You know, I mean, he forced day. a bunch of other tackles for loss he too. Did. He was amazing. He really did. Wait, what I liked about him, and you and I were on the exact same wavelength, watching the same play. It wasn't even so much the penetration that he got, the sack that he got. It was uh, a play where he was getting double teamed, and sometimes when you when you, it's it's an instantaneous decision. And I remember teaching this to my to my Pop Warner kids, my Pee Wee football kids, um, you know, back at the South Pasco Predators as a defensive line coach. When you feel that double team, the first thing you got to do is you got to anchor. Like some, sometimes it's dropping to a knee and just holding your gap. That's right. exactly what Pat O'Connor did. And listen, Will Golston's over 300 pounds, right? I mean, Jeremiah Ledbetter is around 300 pounds. Pat O'Connor is about 280. Okay. <laughs> That's <laughs> he right. Is. He is. And yeah. he, he first got the Tampa, I think he was around 250, 255. So he's put on some some muscle, but he's, I mean, he does not have a big frame. He's, he's kind of maxed out. Yeah. But I mean, uh, but he plays with such want yeah. to and vigor. And sometimes that sometimes that's better than size. And mm-hmm. and uh he didn't have the size to make that play, but yet he still made it. He anchored, took on the double team, put his, his knee in the ground, his shoulder yep, in, yep. in between the, those those two guys held the gap. I was like, damn, Pat, go, yeah. man. Yeah, he's he's he played great in multiple capacities, right? You want you a first step if you're that size and you're gonna play inside, you know, be a yeah. three technique or one. Whatever you have to have a first step. If you don't win with your first step, you're just gonna get carried. Wherever John, we've they got some go. breaking news. Oh, do we? We do. Hope it's, hope it's good. Right breaking. there, that guy made the team, according to Bruce Arians. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Bruce Arians did say that. He yes, said. he said Pat O'Connor made the team tonight. He said Grant yep. Stewart maybe made the team tonight. We'll see. We'll talk about Grant Stewart in a second, but yeah, yeah, Pat O'Connor. I mean, even on his pass rush, it's like a quick move, right? Like he's, yeah. he's winning quick. Oh I mean that. And I'll talk about Khalil Davis too in this same breath, yes. Scott, because if, again, I do the same thing I just did on offense. If you were a Bucks fan going into this game tonight, you didn't care about the score. You cared about seeing if a certain number of players played well, right? Guys who will matter for this season. Yes. Joe Tryon is one of those players. Joe, Joe Tryon Shanko obviously is one of those players. Khalil Davis is one of those players. And he played great tonight. He was a great game for Khalil Davis. He continues to get better. He knows what his role is going to be. He's working at it. Pat O'Connor probably wouldn't have been even on your list, but he played great. He um, so there's another one that you really, you know, right. a guy that's going to make the team. Yeah, and he, played well he is he's a core special teamer. He will yeah. run down on, on kickoffs. He yep. will. Um, um, he plays on all four phases. Yeah, yep. he'll block punts, punts. kickoffs. He, he, yep. he blocked a punt at Denver. Last year, you know? Yep. Um, and so those guys. Kevin Minter, who's your third linebacker, that's was right. one of the best players tonight, and yep. so much better than Joe Jones and. KJ Brad and Grant Stewart, who we'll get to in a little bit. He did play yep. well. Antonio Hamilton, who's probably going to be your fifth corner. Yep. He played great tonight. Uh, pass breakup was right there on another catch that he allowed. It was just a great catch. It was right yep. there. Good run defender. I mean, I can't believe his run defense. Like blitzes, like he, he's gotten a little bit of everything. I've been really impressed with him. I yep. don't think he's a great athlete, but man, he is feisty and physical and smart. Um, he's a great fit, I think. So good find again by Jason Light uh, with him. So, I mean, like those are guys you wanted to see play well, right? Yeah, Ross Cockrell missed a couple tackles. He's probably not going to be a safety. Uh, right. Nobody's thrown downfield against the Bucks at all, by the way, in yeah. two games. So, like we haven't seen like 
one vertical ball. I feel like, right. but uh, yeah, I, so maybe Cockrell's not a safety, but I, you know, you feel fine about him at corner still. And then, you know, I'm so again, like the, who you wanted to see play well and who you needed to see play well for the most part, yeah. play well. It's the other guys who, you know, in, yeah. in the execution. Well, the, the, the thing about Cockrell and the thing about, about Grant Stewart too is, is you know he's he's a, a guy that had six tackles tonight. He's feisty. He's scrappy. He's got some pretty good speed running straight line in terms of right. of running down on, on punts and kickoffs. He had a sack tonight. He made the most of his opportunities, and I, yeah. I think that that I've, I've seen yeah. KJ Britt not do that. I've I've seen him miss some tackles. Yeah, and, uh, and I think Britt was tackles. yeah Britt was probably linebacker four coming into the game tonight. The big news after. The game, Bruce Arian said Grant Stewart might have made the game tonight. Of course, might have made the team. Yeah. 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 yeah, Might have made the team. Uh, They're going to go back and look at the game film and determine that. But remember, linebacker four is not really going to play much on defense. Linebacker four is really all about special teams. And I think maybe they like the vigor that they've seen from from Stewart, uh, the playmaking ability. And, um, that might give him the edge right now. But the thing is, John, he is an underdog. Ross Cockrell oh, is an underdog, right? Yes. What else absolutely. is an underdog? Underdog fantasy. It's the place oh, to play uh, for all your underdog fan- for all your fantasy needs. Underdogfantasy.com. Use this promo code Pewter, P-E-W-T-E-R, $25 in credit. You know, a bunch of you are in Pewter Report Leagues. Uh, we've got those going. But also, I just want to talk about some of the other things that Underdog Fantasy has going on that you might not know about. You get... $25 in credit if you do this sign-up. Use that promo code Pewter. Takes you a minute. That's it. You have an underdog fantasy account. Boom. What you can sign up for is you can jump into the Puppy 3. It's a best ball league that, that uh, Underdog has that is a $5 entry for $1 million in prizes. So you get you can basically enter to win $1 million for free because they're giving you $25 of credit. In fact, you can make five entries to win a million dollars for free because you have $25. Yes. Or you can do the best ball mania two, which is another NFL 2021, a best ball season league that you can jump into. It's 3.5 million in prizes. 1 million goes to first place. So there's a lot of payouts after that. That's a $25 entry. So again, you can enter these for free because they give you $25 to play, or you can go right to the big dog, $250 entry, and you get uh, chances to win. It's a 20-round draft, 100K to first place. Again, they've just a lot of opportunities. Just go to Underdog Fantasy's main page. Check out what they do. They give you $25 in credit. So make sure you sign up with that promo code Pewter. Helps us out, helps you out, helps them out. It's great stuff with Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you check it out. So we talked about a lot of the players who played well tonight, Scott, um, and stood out defensively. Were there players who – frustrated you or disappointed you with what you saw defensively for the Bucks tonight. I know we mentioned a couple linebackers who I'm just still struggling to see. I thought it would be closer between them and Kevin Minter for linebacker three. And I yeah, don't see it. Kevin Minter played really well. I mean, I he's think he's clearly the up. third best. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, you know, I, I looked for Joe Jones to maybe have a little bit more men- momentum coming into this game after his pick six. I just didn't think he stood out. And this was a Missed game tackles. That, yeah, that, you know, he needed to stand out. And yeah. um, Chris Wilcox, I haven't seen much of him to be excited about in in practice and certainly when, in the when game. You, when you get beat for a touchdown, touchdown. <laughs> yeah. in, in your limited opportunity. And Nate yeah. Brooks, same thing. Nate Brooks yeah. needed a big game tonight. He has the huge offsides on the third yes. down stop. Then he gives up the touchdown. How he offsides is a corner on third down. I mean, <laughs> yeah. come on. Like – 
I you know, know what I mean? Like that's yeah. one of those things that it's just like, dude, like you go a whole yeah. season and your team doesn't have a corner to be offside one right. time. Like and I will I will say too that there was a noticeable drop off from from Khalil Davis and Raheem Nunez Rochez and Pat O'Connor between that three man defensive line and then the next group. Kobe. Yeah, we, Kobe. We, yeah, with Kobe Smith with uh Benning Potoahi and, and Jeremiah Ledbetter. I thought that that threesome right there was was that trio was really lackluster, in my opinion, in terms of stopping yeah. the run, making plays. It, it just it was night and day between the first group and then the second group, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the Bucks D line does have kind of a high floor. It's kind of a high floor group for the most part. You know, Benning's had some good plays, honestly. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Uh those guys, Kobe, especially. I mean, he's he's clearly he's gonna be one of the five on tomorrow yeah. i bet yeah um and tj simmons is going to be one of the five dudes gone. receiver oh yeah oh uh, my gosh i mean come on buddy you get one you get like two opportunities you don't get it's like josh pearson story. it's like josh Johnson's pearson like, exactly yeah. it's like come on like um so those things were not good at all yeah um i agree with you and wilcox here's the thing it's going to be antonio hamilton i think and then they might keep six corners and d delaney but if they keep six corners then I didn't think Javon Hagen helped himself tonight. Uh, again, he tackles yeah. tackled better tonight. I thought right. late. I mean, there's a floater to the sideline, and he still didn't get there in time to break True. up the ball on that third down. Um, I, I think he's good enough to make the team, but this team, that's hard. Uh, I don't know that he's there. And if Cockrell can be your hybrid fourth emergency safety and be a corner, I think you only carry three safeties on game day. So um, it, it seems like Bruce Arians keeps talking up D Delaney. But to me, Antonio yeah. Hamilton is – not I that agree. Delaney's been bad, but Hamilton is like a proven thing on special teams. Yeah. He's played all four phases for a lot of his career. He's played defense. Now he's playing in the slot, and it's been great. I mean, like, he's not giving up anything uncontested in practices. He's not giving up any – like, I just feel like he checks a lot of boxes, and he's clearly better than D Delaney. I agree. And uh, we have a couple guys, Eric Cullison's one of them, talking about Elijah Ponder. You and I, we, yeah, you and I both were talking about him in the fourth quarter. And I, I think that he's done enough during a practice squad spot. I mean, fourth, third down stop, boom, right in the red zone, yep. like huge play. Fourth down stop, boom, in the red zone, short yardage. Really impressive. Two totally different types of runs, too. And he played them both great. Um, I, I think he's been really good. Um, he is not a great, tremendous athlete, but he's got enough of the like, if you've heard me talk about the four pillars of pass rush athleticism, like he's got a little bit of burst and a little yep. bit of like flexibility and a little bit of change of direction to him. Anything over a long distance, you're going to be disappointed. Right. Yeah. But over short bursts, I think, I think there's enough there where I would say to me, he's been much better than Quentin Bell, much better than Ladarius Cam Gill. Hamilton. Cam Gill's yeah. barely played. I mean, I don't yeah. know what's going to happen with Cam Gill. Maybe I are, I don't know. Um, but that would be my, Ponder would be the guy, the edge guy I want to keep on the practice squad, to be honest. Right. Of it. Yeah, I agree with that. Troy Main Pope was hurt tonight, Nate Pitts. I see you talking about Troy Main Pope. Yeah. Here's another guy that's going to be gone early next week, CJ Prosize. Yeah. Did he play tonight? Yeah, Scott? he had a catch. He had, he had like a catch? A, like okay. an 11-yard catch or 10-yard catch, something like that. But In the fourth like, quarter? Uh, he didn't yeah. even have a carry? No. Oh, my goodness. You know, it's let, because they, they keep this. feeding the very productive Keyshawn Vaughn the ball. That's what it's all about. <laughs> Look, I mean, Gio Bernard had one carry and got half yeah. a yard. I mean, it was right. – yeah, you can't get a half a yard or, like, whatever, a one yard on fourth. Oh, my gosh. It was yeah. Well, it, it really, and really the thing is you got to keep in mind, too, it's like 
that this team wanted to see Kyle Trask throw the ball, right? right? They just didn't run the ball at all. It had nothing to do with the score. They could have, if they wanted to see CJ Procise, right. they could have, you know, featured him a little bit, but they didn't want to. They wanted to see Kyle Trask throw the football. Right. Speaking of things that uh, get featured, Scott, um, let's talk a little bit about our friends over at Manscaped. Oh, with John. John, it's, it's time for game balls then, right? Oh, it is time for game it balls. It is time wow. for game balls. And I'm going to bring Matt Matera in to, tell, to give you his game balls as well. Okay, that's Matt, fantastic. Jump in here and talk about, oh, we're doing some uh, Manscaped. Game balls presented game balls. by Manscaped. Your balls will thank you. Wow. Should we do the, you want to do the game balls first or you want me to talk about Manscaped first? Let's, let's talk about Manscaped. Then we're going to, then we're going to do the game balls, John. All right. The Manscaped, the big thing you got to know is the performance package 4.0, ladies and gentlemen. Let me tell you about the, it's, is it weird that we're doing the Manscaped read with Matt and I both? It's like, hey. (laughs) Well, actually, listen, John, let me handle this. I've got a new read here for us. Okay. Do you like playing with balls? No, no, go on. No, I'm not talking about footballs. I mean your balls. Our friends at Manscaped, the global leaders in below-the-waist grooming, want you to shave your pubes with the best Tom Brady of ball trimmers, the brand-new Lawnmower 4.0. That's this bad boy right here. Only the GOAT technology for the greatest balls of all time. When you're trying to get into the end zone, make sure that you use the right tools for the job and choose Manscaped to million men worldwide trust them so join the movement with our exclusive offer using the promo code pewter on manscaped.com for 20 percent off and free shipping so uh let me get this uh, banner up here because this is important everybody needs to click on that 20 percent off with the promo code pewter so they can save money on manscaped the world's starting to open, and the Performance Package 4.0 for Manscaped is here to help you get ready. Inside, you're going to find the brand-new Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, the Weed Whacker Ear and Nose Hair Trimmer, the Crop Preserver, the Ball Deodorant, the Crop Reviver Toner, plus two free gifts, and that's the Performance Boxer Briefs and the Shed Travel Bag, which is a very nice travel bag. Got it right here. I got one myself. Big fan. Comes in very handy. It does. The performance package 4.0 for Manscaped is the perfect package for your package and a great key for the great grooming and hygiene routine to make sure that your crotch doesn't look like Troy Palomalo. The brand new Lawnmower 4.0 is here to make your defense go to the next level. This fourth generation trimmer features cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The lawnmower 4.0 has got a 7,000 RPM motor, a new multifunction on and off switch that can engage with the travel lock, and it gives you the ability to turn on the 4,000K LED spotlight on and off when you need the more precise shade. Did I mention that it's waterproof too? It is. So this package comes with the weed whacker, which is to chop the worst weeds up top and and in both of your ears and nose, the Weed Whacker is also waterproof. And uh, it's got a, a 360-degree rotary dual blade system. I use it. No snags, no tears from that. It beats plucking your nose hairs. So get 20% off plus free shipping with the promo code Pewter at Bandscape.com. They've also thrown in two free uh, gifts with their Performance 4.0 package, the Manscape Boxers and the Travel Shed. I'm going to throw in another gift for you. Just in time for, for football season, 
Oh, let's go. White, black, or gray. All you got to do is it's just buy Manscaped products. Use the promo code Pewter. Send me at srpewterreport.com your proof of purchase. Just forward that email to me. It's all you got to do. It doesn't have any of your financial information. Don't need it. Don't want it. But it does have your address, which I do need to send you the free shirt. That includes free shipping and handling. So it's a free shirt for you, whether you buy Manscaped for yourself or as a gift for somebody else. So do it today. Use promo code Pewter. Save 20% off and free shipping. Can't beat it. That's a heck of a deal right there. You get some Pewter Report swag. Who wouldn't want that? I mean, you're already watching the podcast. You're already a fan. Why not get a shirt as well, too? And you got cleanly shaven balls, too, man. It's, It's a tremendous deal. It really is. Exactly. Okay. So let's go to game balls. Mad Matera, who is your game ball getter for this particular episode? I mean, I think it kind of goes without saying you guys were already talking about it, but Pat O'Connor was hands down the best player on the field tonight. I mean, he played like his hair was on fire. He was involved throughout the entire game. Tackles in the backfield, tackles for loss. He got a sack on the play. I mean, he was saying it after after the game today, too, where he's been in this situation for the last five years that he's been in the league. Like, this is his time to shine. This is his opportunity to show that he should be on this team. Every year's a tryout for a guy like him who's mostly going to play special teams, not going to get a ton of reps on defense. And I thought the entire defensive line as a whole was great. I'm not going to name every single person because there's other game balls to, to give around. Yep. But, I mean, his imprint on the game, you could feel it everywhere. And just, like, he set the tone for the defense tonight. Him and Joe Tryon were just two guys that were involved on, on so many different plays. He was so quick to get into the backfield. And we saw legit improvement from a week ago where he was getting into the backfield and not making stops to this week. As many missed tackles that the Bucs were having, Pat O'Connor wasn't one of those guys. He was wrapping up. He was finishing the play. So we saw a literal step forward in the progression of his game, and that's why Bruce Arians said that he's a lock to make this team. That's right. Yeah, and he deserves it. Matt, how about your your, – this might be a little tougher tougher challenge here, but uh, who is your offensive game ball going to? Yeah, I don't really think too many people really deserve a game ball, um, especially – in these type of situations, you, you try to look for like a, a skill player that really that really stood out, and that wasn't necessarily the case. So I'm going to go to the offensive line, and again, this is what John was talking about too, where important backups that need to have a good game did have a good game. And I thought Josh Wells was that type of guy. Yeah. Uh, he pass blocked really well. Overall, I thought he was efficient blocking up front. Um, he was picking up blitzes when they were coming his way. I think the biggest thing for an offensive lineman, as you know, is when we're not really talking about him too much, that's normally a good thing. That's right. I mean, we saw O.J. Howard line up pretty much well, you know, on the edge as well, and he allowed a sack, and yeah. that wasn't the case for Josh Wells. So there were, obviously when you only scored three points, there's, there's not too much to uh, take away on that side of the ball. But Josh Wells, you got to be happy about where he is uh, on this team as, as the primary backup at offensive tackle. I think going into the season, that first week against Dallas, if there's a situation where he has to come in, you feel pretty good about it based on what he did tonight. Yeah, I agree with you on that. Uh, I'm going to give you my game balls for tonight. And um, 
and then we'll have John kind of wrap up with uh, with his. So for for my game balls tonight, I'm going to go on the defensive side, and there's no surprise. Joe Tryon, Choyenko, right? This guy just dominated in, the, in that two minute drill. Got a sack. Um, uh, he's only going to get better. We've talked about him kind of ad nauseum on this this show, and, and and rightly so because he did have a very good showing in that first half with three tackles and the sack. Um, I would say on the offensive side of the ball, um, you know, I, w- I would naturally be more inclined to go with Blaine Gabbert because I thought he played really good tonight. And if you factor in those two drops by O.G. Howard, if he catches those balls, Blaine has a pretty fantastic night. I'm inclined to also say Josh Leverett because I thought he he was, uh, you know, uh, you know, he was he was a uh, under duress, right? Having to play that emergency center role, and I think he, yeah. he played it okay. Um, you know, if you would if you had gone to to Josh Leverett at the start of training camp and say, "Do you think you'll be playing center for the entire game in the second preseason game?" He would say no, and of course, everybody on the team would say no. But that's exactly you know what transpired, and I thought he did okay. But but in reality, my game ball is going to go to Tanner Hudson because. Uh, this was a guy that I think the pressure was on him a little bit that he had to play tonight with that that uh, sprained wrist that caused him to miss a couple of days of practice this week and really kind of put his you know his playing time I, I think in jeopardy uh, to a degree. But he was a gamer. He showed some toughness, and and I think that he's not the best blocker. But the fact that he decided to suit up and play and not just play, but six catches, seventy four yards. Played really. Yeah, I mean, really, he's, he's really, Mr. Really, really well. for a reason. Yeah, exactly. So I, I think that that he knew that that tight end four job was on the line, and he he really kind of grabbed it almost by default because uh, Cody McElroy would have gotten those reps had Tanner Hudson not played. So by Tanner playing, he got those opportunities, made the most of them. And then even Cody McElroy, when he had the opportunity to make a diving catch late in the game, and ended up being an interception because it bounced off his hands. So I yeah, think- that, that Scott, that's a, that's a great point. I mean, Tanner didn't even really practice at all this week right. with, with that wrist injury. So the fact that he went went out there and he produced right, it wasn't just like that. He showed up right. and played the the full sixty minutes. He, I believe, he was the leader again in, in receiving yards and catches yeah. six for catches, the Bucks and seventy four yards. Yep. Yeah. And sure, maybe it gets a little clouded because of the fumble, but as we all saw, it really did not look like a fumble. And then, like you said, McElroy goes out there, and it, a couple of guys, too, all these drops. Yeah. And it ruins his chances to make the team in a situation like that. Tyler Johnson, I thought, played very well, too. He, he was big in the beginning of the game and kind of tapered off after that as well. But I think it was one of those things where the Bucks offense, it, it was just rolling downhill yeah. in, in all the negative ways. It's almost like when you buy a new gaming console, or PlayStation, or Xbox, and you hook it up to your TV and you put it on HDMI one or HDMI two, and no matter what you do, it's not getting to the, the game itself. And you're like, what's going on here? Right. No matter what you try, it just doesn't work. And that yeah. I think was the case for the offense today in the sense of, no matter what they did, you know, they they fire off some passes, they get dropped. Then the guys get open, the pass is a little too long or a little too wide, and Scotty Miller can't stay in bounds. Yeah. They get that corrected. Now the offensive line isn't blocking, and, and Kyle Trask gets sacked. I, I think it was, a, it was a big issue with that. 
Also, maybe not a game ball, but I'm surprised you didn't give. Maybe you already did. Uh, I'm not sure if you gave a shout out to your boy Ryan Suckup hitting a 49 yard yes. field goal. Yes, that was big. You know, people big. have been paying attention to him and and right. Jose B at practice, but that was a small little bright spot uh, for the offensive slash special team side of the ball. Yeah, um, uh, Carl Jackson. We don't have any uh, any word. Uh, on Jordan Whitehead, we might get some more clarification tomorrow, but it's day to day with an injury. Bruce is not really talking about injuries since it's the preseason; he doesn't have to. So we're not sure if it's if it's the shoulder or if it's something else. We'll have to see. Is John there? Is he going to give us his game balls as well? Yeah, let's get John. You want to get your game ball? All right, John. Sure. We've got uh, the final edition of game balls that? presented by Manscaped. Yeah. Your balls will thank you. These are mine. I think I put them on my back. All right. John okay. Lidge re- returns to wrap up the show with our Peter Report game balls, defense and offense. John, who you got? Well, defensively, I'm going to go Joe Tryon Shoinka. I don't know who you guys picked already, so I yep. apologize. Uh, obviously, Pat O'Connor was a beast. I know Matt picked him. I did hear yep. that. Um, yeah, Tryon Shoinka, again, just continue to be impressed and blown away by what he's bringing to the table. I think that. He is going to be a dangerous player, and I hope it's this. I hope he gets enough reps for it to be this season. Yeah. Um, offensively, Keyshawn Vaughn. Probably not going to go Keyshawn Vaughn. <laughs> Wait, who did you go with? Um, I, I gave some props to Blaine Gabbert naturally, uh, but but I, but I gave some props to Nick Leverett, but but I went with Tanner Hudson because okay. I, well I, then I thought, I'm going I with Blaine Gabbert. I thought That's Tanner cool. Hudson showed some balls. By going out there playing on the, the sprained wrist and oh so you're trying to keep him the theme well i wasn't trying to it, he, he did that not me. i think blaine gabbard played showed some balls by going out there and being the only one of 11 dudes that actually did his job that's true it's <laughs> a fact no i i thought blaine gabbard really just played well so i mean i i again if he six seven dropbacks and the four that went bad weren't his fault uh, i don't know you know highest rated quarterback in the bucks preseason joe <laughs> After two I don't games. know about all that, but I just know, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's he, fact. He, I'm just saying. Again, he's, yeah, he did what he needed to do tonight, which was good. So I give him yeah. props. But special, special, special team shout out Ryan Sunker for nail on the field goal yes. that he nailed because like to see that. But more than anything, can we just talk about Bradley Pinion's tackle? I mean, what? <laughs> yes. That was the play of the night. And I know it got called back to yeah. the penalty. If only but, he would have made that, like, what was it, a 58 yard kick or a 68 five yard or whatever the hell it was. Oh my God! When, when, that, when that was went at the there. very end, right? Yes. Yeah. We were already in the tunnel when that happened. We were already was, in the elevator. It was a fifty-eight yard attempt because he's like the long distance kicker. You yeah. Know. Well, I thought that his tackle was if he'd have made the long distance kick. Yes. It's over. We're not. He, we're renaming it the Bradley Pinion game Manscaped game balls. That's award. true. Yes. Um, but what a tackle! And what to track him good. down? Like. Yes. That was just a heck of a play. That was amazing. Yeah. Um. And Man, watching him from the press box was sweet. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, but yeah, he's uh, he's the really is the savior of that kickoff coverage group because if he doesn't put the ball in the back, yeah, it was it was a 61 yard return. 61 yard attempt. That's yeah. right. Yeah. And if not for him, they're giving up touchdowns. So yeah, 61 yeah. yard kick. I mean, I'm not. I know Arians had some choice words for him, but he was mostly joking <laughs> after the game. Yeah, but yeah, those would be my guys, Scott. I think that okay. um, that's the guys that stood out to me. Uh, tonight when I was watching so game. an interesting caveat this year, John, and we'll wrap up with this. Mm-hmm. Usually the Bucks, well, not just the Bucks, every fourth preseason game for the NFL 
is awful because it's this type of performance from these types of players. That's what tonight was. (laughs) Yes. So this is really like preseason four, but since there's no fourth preseason game and you have that extra bye week between the start of the regular season, what Bruce Arians has elected to do, and probably some other coaches around the league, although we have television on the Buccaneers, but what Bruce Arians has elected to do is play the starters at least a half in this next game because he wants them used to the Yes. I that. Uh, he wants them to to get up to game speed because they're going to have two weeks off before the Dallas Cowboys come into town for September 9th, and that season opener. So I think it's a good call for Bruce because if you do get some guys that are dinged up or whatever, unless it's something serious, you got two weeks to recover. We saw even Jordan Whitehead take a big shot to the shoulder and really you know yeah. hurt that shoulder. Um, had the Super Bowl been the next week, Whitehead probably doesn't play. But because he had right. the two right. weeks off, he was able to go. Same yeah. thing with Antonio Brown, missed the NFC Championship game. But that extra week off, allowed the knee to rest up. He caught the touchdown in the Super Bowl. It was a big play. So I think it's a good move by Bruce Arians trying to use this game, game three, at Houston next Saturday night as the tune-up for the starters. And we'll see how they fare, hopefully better than the backups did tonight. Yeah, for sure. I, I think that, that that is not – that's a big deal then. I mean, that game's a big deal. If that's if they're playing half, then yeah, we're we're talking about a big deal game. And yeah, they have a good week of practice, and that and that how they play in that game will be more important than anything else we've obviously talked about this preseason, right. this training camp, no matter what. Because yeah, that's going to be a strong indicator to how they come out, how they execute, um, what's changed, what hasn't. Right. Yeah, they're going to they need to play Two really things well. Things I'm looking and for. Remember to this. I'm sorry to interrupt yep. you, Scott. They're also playing what I believe will be the worst team in the NFL by far like Houston is atrocious and they have distractions and they're just bad from top to bottom and every way Houston trashins. I'm going to, I'm nicknaming, nicknaming them the trashins rather than the Texans. You got to go out and kick that team's butt. Like you do. Yeah. Uh, So the two things I'm looking for next week are improved running game. I want to see the starters run the ball. This is not going to be a run first offense. Don't, don't get it twisted but they have to be able to run the ball efficiently. What I mean by that is around four yards a carry. Mm-hmm. They have to average that, not this less than two yard per carry crap we've seen in these two preseason games. Number two, better coverage on kickoff and punt returns. Special teams still matters in the NFL. Um, maybe not so much on Bradley Pinion's kickoffs because a lot of them go through the end zone, but on mm-hmm. punt returns, this team was not good. When Pinion did not kick the ball deep enough into the end zone and teams returned it, where did the Bucks rank in kickoff coverage last year, John? Uh, dead last. All dead time. last. All right. time. All time dead last. Okay. Yeah. So they have work to do. So NFL history. Yes. So we're going to see some of these special teams guys out there on the on the, the starting kickoff and punt return. Uh, or, uh, sorry, starting kickoff coverage and punt coverage units. However. We're also going to see the starters out there because guys like Sean Murphy Bunting and Carlton Davis, uh, they're you know they're on the 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 coverage teams. So um, I want to see how the coverage teams do. I want to see how the running game does. Those are two things I'm looking for. Yep, on Saturday. Those will be big and important things for sure. I really just want to see Brady in the protection. I mean that's and not drops. I obviously want to still want to see drops, but. You know, can they execute? Can they stop shooting themselves in the foot with protection issues and with uh, with drop passes? I mean, those are going to be the biggest things to me. They can do those things, great. Um, you know, I think the defense is going to be good this season. I think that they have a lot more confidence than they've had in the past. The offense will be best in the league if they don't shoot themselves in the foot all the time. I really believe that. So, 
Uh, we'll see. I mean, there's still a lot. I know that it doesn't seem like it, but I still think there's this team has to come out and feel like they have a lot to prove because it's been pretty bad in both these preseason games. But small sample sizes, I'm not freaking out or anything. Um, but yeah, it's it's there's some there's more questions than you'd like just on execution, not on t- you know you have the players you need, you know you have the coaches you need. Other than maybe Keith Armstrong, good point, Eric Olson. Uh, we'll see about there. We'll let's yeah. let's tackle this after well, maybe this week on the pod, but also. This after this third preseason game, we'll talk more yeah. about this. Um, um, TJ Fuller said, "Is it just me, or do John and Matt look like they are the dudes from Step Brothers <laughs> when they do their post game pod?" First of all, post game pod. So, like when we're sitting here, you mean like when they say they're going to oh, interview yeah. as a team, like that part? Like, is that what? Because I mean, I don't think I look like either of the actors in that movie, and I don't think Matt looks like either of the actors in that movie. But I get the point, though, TJ. I get the point. It's a good one. All right. So tomorrow, uh, tomorrow we're off. And then Monday we'll be back on the podcast at 4 p.m. Eastern. And we'll podcast all throughout the week next week, talking about the practices for the Bucks, but also previewing that upcoming preseason game and really talking a lot about Wolf Cuts. Well, five cuts coming up probably tomorrow and a Monday. Um, and we'll also be previewing, right? Like what's coming. Um, yes. The regular season, what this roster is going to look like, where the potential question marks are. We'll start to get into the state of the Cowboys as well uh, yeah. and the NFC as well as we. And we've get. got some exciting news coming up that we'll share with you next week about the Peter Report podcast. Yeah, Lots Peter of Report exciting podcast, details. Peter Report TV. Yep, we're going to have some great details about more opportunities to catch us uh, doing uh, this type of video and audio content. It's going to be really fun stuff. So as always, subscribe to the Peter Report TV YouTube channel. We might, hopefully, we hit 5K during this show. We're very close. If we didn't hit it during the show, um, be the 5,000 subscriber if you're not already. Get over there, subscribe to the Pewter Report TV YouTube channel, hit that like button, hit the uh, notification the bell to get the notifications for when we go live so you don't miss any of the shows. And most importantly, text and tell a friend and a That's family right. member that likes the box about the Pewter Report podcast because you all are our voice. You are our best strategy to getting in front of more people. Absolutely. More people means better I, content and more I do content. Have, for I do you have one more thing to say, real quick. Um, we laid Mark Cook to rest yesterday. Um, the Pewter Report staff was was there at, at Mark's funeral. Um, Brian Ford from the Buccaneers, Jason Light from the Buccaneers, the Bucks public relations staff was there Thursday at the viewing, and just a classy move by the Buccaneer organization to send representatives out there for Mark's funeral. He was very highly thought of inside the organization at the Advent Health Training Center by the players, the coaches, the front office, the public relations staff. Um, everybody in that building loved Mark Cook. It's great to see. Also great to see um, you Buccaneer fans out there supporting Mark Hook's family and hitting the goal of over $30,000 raised to cover bills and expenses uh, and help support the family. So thank you from the bottom of my heart, from the bottom of Peter Report's heart, for helping out the Cook family with your generous donations. We appreciate it greatly. Absolutely. Great stuff by y'all. Y'all really are the truth. I was telling Matt this in the press box tonight. I... Bucks fans are just a one of a kind. People don't even know that are outside of here, and that's okay. They don't need to know, but we know. Like y'all are awesome, truly. Uh, you no make doubt. also game days fun on the TL, like on the timeline on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm like other fan bases are trying to like take the bridge as soon as something bad goes on. Bucks fans have like a million inside jokes for every bad thing that happens during the game, right. and they're like laughing through the pain. I'm like, it's great. I love it. Cracks me up. But anyway, next week we'll be back on the podcast Monday, 4 p.m. Eastern. 
make sure you catch us there and make sure you check out all the great post game content tonight and tomorrow we'll have more content coming from this game and observations looking forward for the team as well over at pewterreport.com until then thanks so much for listening to another edition of the pewter report podcast out out